Hey everybody, welcome back to the Danger Nog Podcast, hosted by Acronym. Oh man, I feel kind of nervous. I feel like I'm doing a freaking class presentation. I haven't done this in a while. Um, but such is the case with this podcast. Is this where I apologize and come up with a plethora of excuses as to why I have not posted in so long? Okay, I have a legitimate excuse for the past four weeks or the month. Because it was Ramadan and I can't be out here talking brazy like I do on this podcast during that month. Even though technically I talk like that anyways. It just wasn't recorded. But there's no evidence that I was talking brazy. So for all intents intents and purposes, I I was a good boy. Okay? During that month. But... um. Okay, just real quick, before I even talk about anything that I wanted to talk about, just talk about uh, Ramadan. This was like a quarantine Ramadan, so it wasn't like normal. Um, Originally, I would have thought that it would have been um, easier. Because I'm like, yo, I'm just chilling at home. I'm not exerting myself as I usually would be, um, which would make Ramadan tough. And um, I guess, I don't know, I guess for those who don't know, during Ramadan, um, Muslims fast for approximately a month because it's by a lunar calendar and like the lunar cycle is like approximately a month. And there's a whole another story with that. Um, but oh shit, yo, okay, sorry, damn, I have like real like ADD right now. It's been a long time, but I'm recording this in my garage and, um, I don't know why. I just feel comfortable. I like being away from everybody when I record this. So if there's people at home, just try to separate myself. But there's a lot of freaking skeeters, mosquitoes, and flies flying around my face. So if you see me just like randomly swear, I promise I don't have Tourette's. It's just like mosquito probably went up my nostril or something. But anyways, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking like, yo, this Ramadan is going to be a breeze because like I'm not exerting myself. We're at home, all that but then it started and I'm like, yo, although we are at home, there's a lot less uh, distractions and there's a lot less things to do. So when you are bored, I, I personally like to, to freaking eat when I'm bored. And when you have nothing to do, uh, I'm working from home, but on like weekends, you have nothing to do. You're just sitting there and you can't eat and you're waking up early for no reason. It's so many hours of the day that's just going by that you're like, damn. So I try to get productive, but you know how that goes. But then another thing about Ramadan. Okay, so this is oh danger knock, danger knock talk. Or like we're setting it out early, but like in the Muslim community, like yo, why can't we just since I refer to NASA? So like I mentioned before, the. Islamic calendar is like a lunar calendar So Ramadan happens on like a lunar basis That's why it's not the same time every year It's usually approximately 10 days earlier Every like subsequent year But coming towards the day of Ramadan And Eid The end of Ramadan The holiday at the end of Ramadan It's determined by the moon sighting So like If the moon is at like a certain level of crescent, and I'm, I, I, if I can, if I can remember correctly, it has to be like a barely a crescent moon, barely visible for it to have started, right? So, back in the day, this was a genius idea because ain't nobody have like universal like calendars or things like that or like apps and alarms and stuff like, like of that nature. So yeah, that would make perfect sense in the back then times. To go have some dude run up outside and be like, Ayo, the sun looked like this. And they'd be like, I bet, start fasting. Or Ayo, the sun looks like that again. So stop fasting, you know? But today, yo, we know what's going on on Jupiter. And your goddamn Uranus. So why are we struggling with people... So there's still like there's a, there's like a dude apparently. 
I didn't look do research because that's that's just how this show goes. But my mom told me that there's like this dude in like Saudi Arabia or something, and they have his ass go outside and look to see what the sun's or what the what the moon's looking like, and then he'll say, "Oh yeah, it's time to start." But if it's a cloudy day, they just can't make an announcement. And then so some people follow that guy or Saudi Arabia, and then some people follow their own thing or whatever the hell. And I'm like, yo, why are we relying on our naked eye right now? We we know what's going on at the other end of the goddamn freaking Milky Way. Yet you are going to struggle on whether the moon is in a certain phase or not. That's just an app. It's literally an app away to figure that information out. Yet the entire Muslim community cannot get together and just be like, hey, yo, leave it up to NASA. They'll tell us when the moon is what the moon is. As opposed to some guy who's just walking up outside his crib, looking up and be like, oh, shit, it's kind of cloudy. Or, oh, I forgot my contacts. So Ramadan didn't start yet. Or oh, it's starting tomorrow or whatever. I don't know, man. And then, and then if you use NASA, you could know ahead of time when that day's going to be so you can prepare. Less importantly for Ramadan, but more importantly for Eid, if you need to take the day off, you can, we can know what Eid is going to be like a freaking thousand years from now, probably. Every, the days of. <sighs> that just makes me mad sometimes. It makes me most mad, not because I don't know, it's because I want the whole Muslim community to be like celebrating at the same time, you know? And so this year... I think there was a disparity when between Ramadan started, but it just so happened that Eid was at the same time, which was lit, because everyone celebrated approximately at the same time. Even though we couldn't do it together, we just did it from our homes. It still was pretty straight. And um, I had a good time. I still dressed up. I flossed out. Um, follow me on Instagram at ACRO underscore NM to see my fly fits. I go hard on Eid, man. Like, you have to. It's, it's, in, it's in the book. That you have, it says right in the Quran, thou shall go hard on Eid. So I have to. So, but yeah. So, <laughs> long story short, that's why I didn't make a podcast for the, but then though I didn't do it for like a month prior either. So I don't really have an excuse for that other than either laziness or just like there's nothing fun to talk about because everything, the world's gone to shit. But when the world goes to shit, you can still talk about that too. Um, before I get into, um, the very obvious stuff that has taken over this year, like the coronavirus stuff, I'll get to that. Um, I wanted to talk about something that happened more recently that kind of jump-started me into, uh, recording this podcast. Because before I was being lackadaisical and just be like, I'll get to it when I get to it. But this situation happened and I had to just... I had to just bust the mic out to get this off my chest and off my mind about what's been going on. But um, if you have any semblance of watching the news or knowing what's going on in the world right now, there's there was a recent incident of uh, another incident of police brutality <clears throat> that has been making its way across the internet because of... Uh, a video that has been released of uh, a few, actually, Minneapolis, I believe, yeah, as Minneapolis officers basically killing a man. And more importantly, one of the officers, forgot his name, I have his name here, who had his, um, who had his knee um, on the neck of the, the now past George Floyd, uh, rest in peace. And if anyone who knows me knows I've been an advocate, I don't want to say activist because I I haven't really acted on doing anything physically in terms of police brutality. But if they know me, they know I'm an advocate against police brutality and police taking advantage of situations and. Um, doing committing committing crimes against humanity and more importantly black people in our communities, and so it's it's so like fucked up to say 
that like part of you when you seize it, like it's shocking. And then another part's like, damn, I'm not surprised that the police would do this. But you're like, why should I not? Why am I not surprised? Like it shouldn't be like that. But it happens so often, unbelievably often. And that's just in the videos that we see. Lord knows how many how many incidents of police brutality are going unnoticed or swept under the rug just because there just didn't happen to be a camera like facing them. But I wanted to take this time to kind of shed some light on how I'm not gonna say why these things happen because why it happens is because police officers are fucked up. A lot of them are pieces of shit. Um, but how they get away with it is a big question because a lot of people may be thinking, well, it's so obvious that this guy committed this crime on camera and killed this poor guy, poor man. How are they just walking away scot-free? Is it just that like nobody cares or like what, what's going on for them to, what is the system that is in place for them to get away with these actions and it it kind of um i i I discussed this in my my freshman year of uh college uh we had a class i I believe it was my philosophy class and we had to write a paper on we just had to write an argumentative paper a paper where we take a side and prove our points as to why such and such should be the way it is Um, A lot of people wrote like, oh, this is why you shouldn't eat dairy or whatever. But just, I chose this opportunity to like shed light on what's going on behind the scenes in the law enforcement um, realm. And it was more out of my own curiosity as to how are they getting away with this. And so I did research on this topic and I found some things that explain a whole lot and this was four or five years ago um i wrote this paper actually december december of 2015 i think maybe a little earlier than that but um all of the things that i talked about then explain how the people of today or the officers of, of today and are getting away with they what they are and how the victims are not getting the justice that they deserve. Um, I have the paper. I pulled it up. I have the paper in front of me now. Part of me didn't want to... Um, oh, I'm just going to read this whole essay to you. But then... Another part of me was like, Hey, first of all, it's my podcast. I could do whatever I want. And you can choose to listen or not. And... Although I want it to be a fun podcast and like lighthearted, I do believe that this information is very important for people to know. So I'm going to try to read it all. I'll try to read it quickly and provide maybe um, some more context and some more kind of examples of how it relates to this current um, Floyd situation. But yeah, I'm just going to quickly go through it, try to get through all of it just so you guys can know or like see kind of some of the research that I did. And I do have sources for a lot of what it said here. So if anyone wants to reach out to me and um, ask like where I found this information and all of that, feel free to do so. I would encourage it actually. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to read this um, essay real quick. It's not too long. It's only like a few pages and I'll try to breeze through it. But I wanted to hit all the points because I, I, this is one of the things that's like, um, really important to me that people understand what's going on and because because there's that big argument where it's like oh there's a f- there's a few bad apples you know uh in the police force but the phrase goes a few bad apples ruin the whole batch right so this kind of explains how the quote-unquote good apples aren't to be praised either or why they're their influence is not being portrayed in the rest of the community and the bad apples are allowed to just be bad. So I'm going to just breeze through this essay real quick and then afterwards I'll probably have some more 
discussions on it and then maybe we can get into some fun stuff but i just wanted i thought this was important so i'm gonna go through it okay so this is how it starts off it's kind of ironic actually but um i say there is a rampant epidemic across the united states today and it is detrimental to the lives of numerous american citizens it is known as police brutality hold on i'm gonna set this up so i'm talking into the mic correctly okay sounds good okay with the help of visual recording capabilities on cell phones and social media police officers are constantly being exposed for abusing their power police brutality however has been an issue long before the age of social media but it is beginning to seem that there aren't just a few quote-unquote bad apples One of the factors as to why this remains such a consistent issue is the lack of accountability these officers face when they they themselves have committed a crime. Laws have been put in place to protect these officers when they have breached the parameters of their legal duties. So much so that the officers are getting away with murder, with little to no repercussions. Such laws include the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights, also known as the Leo Bar. What this law essentially states is that the officers that are accused of suspected or suspected of committing a crime are not subject to the same judicial process as other citizens. In effect, they are given more leniency and oftentimes barely receive any consequences if punishment at all for serious crimes. And an example of this currently is the fact that, man, I don't even want to say that dude's name, but, um... That cop, what's his name? I have it here. Derek Chauvin or whatever the hell, the cop. And why nothing has happened to him and he only got fired. And then this will further explain as to how people like him get away with that. But anyways, the Leo Bar is an unjust law that should either be completely abolished or severely modified so police officers are held accountable for their actions and therefore preventing further occurrences of police brutality. And um, this is the argument of the essay. One of the primary components of the Leo Bar is when an officer is under investigation for a crime it is carried out by their own department. The Leo Bar specifically states that, quote, questioning of the law enforcement officer should p- take place at the offices of those conducting the investigation or at the place where the officer reports to work, unless the officer consents to another location. And this is a quote from the Fraternal Order of Police, which is another problem in and of itself that I'll get into later. So basically, it's saying that if there is an investigation, for example, this Minneapolis um, police force, of Derek Chauvin. Only the Minneapolis police force, for example, in this moment, is allowed to do the investigation, I guess, unless there's other federal um, uh, intervention, which may not even make it to that level if there isn't even a video that goes viral like the way it did. So that's uh, the first big problem is that obviously these are your boys, so like they're not going to do the investigation correctly. But I go on to say, this is a red flag because it means that the people who are determining the punishment of the officer are his or her own peers. It is inevitable that there is going to be bias in making their decision, whether it be favorable or unfavorable. Any investigation should be done by state officials or any unbiased departments. Having laws like this are gateways for cover-ups and corruption. Not only are officers being judged by their peers, but they also have a 10-day grace period in which they aren't allowed to be questioned. The reason this is in the Leo Bar is because officers supposedly need a period to gather themselves after incidents. To a degree, this is understandable. However, 10 days is an exceptional exceptional amount of time. Any number of strategic cover-ups and cooperation between officers can occur within that time frame. Also, this amount of time seems unnecessary for incidents that are not necessarily mentally debilitating. For example, committing an unlawful or unjust arrest is not a mentally scarring experience for an officer. Therefore, it should not require the officer to undergo a 10-day quote-unquote recovery period to only then be questioned by officers within his or her division. 
This law makes it easy for innocent civilians to be falsely accused, convicted, and or imprisoned. The dangers of the Leo Bar also extend to personal safety, with recurrent fatal instances. In recent events, the case of Freddie Gray's death is a prime example as to why the Leo Bar is a detrimental law. And man, this is in 2015. So much stuff has happened in between then. Freddie Gray was arrested for the possession of an illegal switchblade. However, after already being arrested and placed into, pol into a police vehicle, Gray suffered an injury that severed his spine and ultimately led to his death. Um, we have source for that as well. It is yet to be determined what had caused this fatal injury. Yet it does bring up the idea that had it been a circumstance that was out of police control, then it should not have been a problem for the six officers involved in the incident to make a truthful statement about what had happened. If the officers were genu genuinely not at fault, then there wouldn't be an extenuating case against them. While the Gray family and those of the Baltimore community were grieving, the officers involved were not questioned because of the Leo Bar. In an article published by the Huffington Post, written by Eli Hager, there is a statement made by New York lawyer Peter Newfield. Newfield argues that the Leo Bar allows these, quote, allows these officers to wait until the forensics come in before constructing a narrative. Newfield also claims that if the officers were questioned much earlier, then it will both expose any faulty stories or attempted cover-ups and also decrease the length of the investigation as a whole. And this is an example of what's going on right now in the Minneapolis situation because literally, and I can play it right now, I, the Minneapolis, I think, police chief, or let me find it. So this is the Minnesota prosecutor. who says, the video showing George Floyd's death is terrible, but says there's, quote unquote, other evidence that does not support a criminal charge. So think about how this is all correlating together on how they're refusing to make a narrative that they can't kind of get out of because the cop is on camera. But they're still trying to meander their way and weasel their way into an excuse for this, for these cops, actually a group of cops who all contributed to the death of George Floyd. But listen to this. This is the Minnesota prosecutor. Okay, the problem is, sir, the, the video goes on for seven minutes. He is clearly struggling to breathe during that time. And I think people will be hard-pressed to understand how you can't bring charges at least against the officer who had his knee on that man's neck. It's a violation of my ethics to talk and evaluate evidence before we announce our charging decision. And I will not do that. Which is fine. I will say this, that that video is graphic and horrific and terrible, and no person should do that. But my job in the end is to prove that he violated a criminal statute. And there is other evidence that does not support a criminal charge. We need to wade through all of that evidence and to come through with a meaningful determination. And we are doing that to the best of our ability. Okay. So apparently, other than the video, there is other evidence, quote-unquote, by the Minnesota prosecutor, that says that what the cop did was not an unlawful or criminal act. So they have full, they're fully saying that it's wrong and it's horrendous and it's tragic and terrible, yet... He didn't commit an unlawful act, which in fact it is unlawful because the the way that they subdued um, George Floyd was is not a training practice in uh, the police force. You are not allowed to um, subdue a, a man in that way, either through chokehold or by applying pressure on their chest or while they're laying on their chest on their back so that they cannot breathe. That is not a training practice. It's actually vehemently, apparently, said not to do that. So if a guy is on camera clearly violating that and multiple other um, cops in that vicinity are not saying anything 
to that man who's doing something, that means either that one guy, that one guy is not just not trained. It's that whole department. But you could say it's either ignorance or it's done on purpose because it looked like he knew what he was doing, right? So this is why the whole precinct is at fault and why a whole system is in place for these people to meander their way out of these situations when clearly he committed a crime. He murdered that man. But look at the narrative that they're trying to spin now. And judging and going by this essay, you can see is how to get they're trying to use their system to get away with it. But um I'll continue. Um so I'm going to repeat the last sentence that I said. Uh, Newfeld also claims that if officers were questioned much earlier, then it will both expose any faulty stories or attempted cover-ups and also decrease the length of an investigation as a whole. This officer is just chilling in his crib right now. He only got fired. He should be in custody, right? And not be able to form a narrative with the rest of his cop homies. And there was like a video of like 40, 50 cops surrounding his house to protect him from people. If you wanted him protected, put him in a cell. Don't keep him in... Let him just chill at home after committing a crime and then be scared for his life. You know what he did. And then... um, So that's another example of this fraternal order of police looking out for each other the way they do and covering stuff up. Also in the article is a quote by Steve Dreisen, I don't know, a law professor at Northwestern University saying that the Leo Bar was, quote introduced by the fraternal order of police lobbyists and sailed through legislators in the 70s and 80s. According to Dreisen, the Leo Bar was never really properly contested and since its implementation, it has now become a firm component of the judicial system. People who are pro-Leo Bar make the argument that it serves as protection so upstanding police officers don't unnecessarily lose their jobs. This is an irrational argument because if an officer was actually upstanding, then they should not have a fear of being convicted for a crime. If anything, law enforcement should be subject to a higher degree of scrutiny because of the position that they hold. Being immune from major aspects of the law will only give officers more inclination to commit a crime because there is lesser consequence with the fact that the judicial system is working in their favor. And it's even, sub, like, sidebar, even more reason that if you're a fucked up racist person, that if you want to do racist activities, you know that this is an outlet to do so, right? Just put on the badge and go into an underprivileged community with minorities and then do what you do what you always wanted to do, but now the law is on your side. So it's one thing to say, okay, all cops are not racist, but if you are a racist and you want to do racist things, being a cop is probably the best way to do that. So just putting that out there. Although the Leo Bar was enacted in the 70s, its true repercussions are only recently becoming truly visible to the masses because of the internet. With cellular footage being commonplace, many instances of police brutality are surfacing and being spread worldwide. It is becoming increasingly difficult for law enforcement to cover up crimes committed in the police force because of the concrete video evidence. Videotaping police officers is currently the best way to combat the Leo Bar and law enforcement corruption such as the instance of Eric Garner, in which he was choked and killed on sight by multiple police officers for the non-violent crime of selling cigarettes. Sound familiar? Apparently, George Floyd wrote a bad check, which, which from what I've seen, was also turned out to be not true. And the check was fine. But you see what they're doing to people for these extremely non-violent crimes? Even if they are crimes, which sometimes they're not even. Most of the time, sometimes. Oh, I don't even know what I'm saying now. But you know what I mean. The event was caught on film and shared across the world, and it shows Garner repeatedly saying, I can't breathe, while multiple officers are subduing the violent man. I meant to say non-violent. It repeats itself. One of the officers also play, placing a reverse chokehold on Garner. Also, after a professional medical examination of Garner's body, it was confirmed that the cause of death was in fact the chokehold itself, which is an illegal sub subduing practice for a police officer, just like in the Derek Chauvis or whatever the hell his name is case, and the death of George Floyd. 
The report suggests that the compression of the neck and chest along with Garner's positioning on the ground while being restrained by the police during the July 17th stop outside Staten Island causes death. Without the video evidence of this event, the Leo Bar's effect would be much more crucial in attempting the cover-up of Garner's death. One may argue that the police would attempt to cover-up is not a sure fact in the situation. However, there are multiple instances in which the police have been known to state false accounts of situations in which they commit a crime and could only be disproven by concrete evidence such as the video. Such as video. This type of situation occurred when Laquan McDonald, a 17-year-old boy, supposedly wielding a knife, was shot and killed by Officer Jason Van Dyke. The first official statement of the situation was made by Pat Camden, who in fact is a spokesperson for the Fraternal Order of Police, the same institution that created the Leo Bar. He stated that McDonald, quote, was going at one of the officers. At that point, the officer defends himself. He also states that the McDonald, that McDonald was shot once in the chest. Both of, these both of these statements were outright lies and are disproven with two forms of evidence. The first being the autopsy of McDonald's shows 16 bullet wounds with nine of them in his back. The second was a video from a, from a police squad car dash cam that clearly shows Officer Van Dyke firing 16 shots into McDonald, most of them being when McDonald had already hit the ground. Not only that, but the video also shows that McDonald was walking away from the officer and posed no threat which is completely opposite of the statement made by the spokesperson of the Fraternal Order of Police. It is important to consider that the video had not been released until 13 months after the murder. Even then, it came only after many legal disputes and a judge ordering the tape be released after being kept hidden for over a year. Furthermore, it was discovered that the officers had went into a Burger King that was adjacent to the shootings and erased surveillance footage. These officers knew that the evidence is their biggest enemy, so they attempted to cut it out of the picture completely. Had the situation solely been based on the officers' accounts of the situation, the McDonald's death would not be proven to have been a murder. The purpose of this paper and the evidence brought up is not to make the claim that all police officers are bad. However, laws such as the Leo Bar make it easier for those cops who actually do commit crimes to not be accountable because it is a built-in tool within the judicial system for them to get away with their actions. And that was the end of the essay. And another thing that I never touched upon in the essay is that this, this little fraternal order of police, this fraternity that they got, prevents the quote-unquote good cops from speaking out because then they'll be ostracized, fired, or who knows what else from this little brotherhood group that they got going on. And so when people say, oh, there's good cops, right? Well, the good cops don't matter if they don't got a voice or if they don't even try to have a voice against what's going on and if the system is in place for them to only look out for each other and and get away with cover-ups legally the way that they do it's insane and so that's why if you're like why isn't this guy behind bars this is this is why the fraternal order of police and the leo bar is why they're able to get away with things like this um but yeah so I just wanted to shed light on that topic. It's so fucked up. And then maybe even talk about like this is like the rioting going on. It's not that I condone violence, but I saw this Martin Luther King quote that summed it up pretty much how I think about it. But it goes like this. This is a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. It is not enough for me to stand before you tonight and condemn riots. It would be morally irresponsible for me to do that without, at the same time, condemning the contingent and tolerable conditions that exist in our society. These conditions are the things that cause individuals to feel that they have no other alternative than to engage in violent rebellions to get attention. And I must say tonight that a riot is the language of the unheard. And if motherfuckers can get away with bringing assault rifles and and being armed at state and government official locations because they can't get haircuts or they can't get their nails done or whatever. And that's okay. But, I mean, like the rioting, oh, oh, so for example, the looting that was happening at that Target. Um, so some may be wondering why that Target specifically was kind of chosen to be like attacked and looted 
Well, it it was shown that Target in the area of Minneapolis and in, so Target's headquarters is also in Minneapolis or in Minnesota. But in that area, Target had supported kind of offhandedly the police department, knowing full well, I guess, that there was these crimes. Oh, and before I get into that, let's talk about that police department. And the police officer involved, uh, what's his name? Uh, Derek Chauvin. So this officer has gotten away with so much shit in the past. And I'm going to name off just a few of them. So this is a list of all of the kind of crimes and stuff that Derek Chauvin has done in the past and even now. So the restraint technique used by Chauvin to murder Floyd was not part of the department's training. Um, He was also represented by Tom Kelly, the same attorney who got Officer Geronimo Yanes, who murdered Fernando Castile, acquitted. Another instance of police brutality and murder. Derek Chauvin was put on leave in 2011 for an inappropriate police shooting of Alaskan Native American Leroy Martinez. So what does inappropriate mean? Unjust? Murder? Why? These people only get put on leave. Paid leave sometimes at that for committing crimes. Can you imagine? Chauvin shot... Ira Latrell Tolls, an unarmed black 21-year-old man, in 2008. Chauvin was one of the officers who murdered Wayne Reyes, a Latino man, with 16 bullets forced into him. A total of 42 rounds were shot off. Chauvin and another police officer were chasing a car in 2005, causing the death of three people, according to Communities United Against Police Brutality. There are 12, and in other instances I saw more, uh, b- police brutality complaints against Chauvin in the Minneapolis o- Office of Police Conduct complaint database. They are listed as, quote, closed, non-public, and no discipline. So you, these are all examples of the fraternal order getting away with what they do. They just have cover-ups, swipe things under the rug, and there's no one to police them because that is essentially their job. So... I was going to get into the Target situation, but to real quick summarize that up, is that Target is not, Target is going on their website, I did some research, and Target says that they're, that they're not allowed to directly fund um, so like law enforcement or fire departments, but... And their exception are, but so it says right here, who is not eligible to apply for a public safety focused grant from Target, right? And the very last one, bullet point, is law enforcement agencies or fire departments. But then in parentheses, it says exception, police or fire department foundations are eligible to apply. So the FOP, Fraternal Order of Police, is a foundation. So who knows? They're giving money to them. But I can't say that for certain. Uh, But then here's what it it gets interesting. It says funding focus areas, right? So they have community safe initiatives, community engagement programs, youth programs and strengthened communities, fostering relationship between youth and public safety partners. Um, So these are all, that's all good, you know? And the last one, crime prevention programs. So this is okay, stranger danger, I mean, neighborhood watch doesn't always go morally correct in the right way because it's just a bunch of Karens and barbecue Bettys and um, George Zimmermans in those groups, but in concept, okay. And then it says, and initiatives such as city crime prevention programs. And so in Minneapolis, they decided that they would donate $300,000 to set up surveillance cameras across the city. So if you're not allowed to help or donate or 
offer grants to law enforcement, but you're using, but you're donating and, and developing surveillance for the one particular group that would use that surveillance and law, law enforcement, then what are you doing? You know? So it is assumably so like that's why that that target was looted. And I'm not saying, hey, you know, that target as a corporation are like ultimately fucked up. They could be. But another part of this says um who is not who is not eligible for this public safety focus grant and above law enforcement agencies it says organizations that do not comply with our non-discrimination policy which is so you have to do background checks on how many complaints because if we have access to this information of this one cop having these many complaints right and there has to be that many instances or way more of the other cops in that precinct or whatever who are not only maybe doing it themselves, but they know that this guy's doing it and they're not reprimanding him and he still has a job, you know, up until recently where he just got fired and not even arrested for what he did. So there has to be someone at Target who has some kind of background checking capabilities to know that, hey, this shit is fucked up and you don't even have to, you don't have a duty to set up surveillance cameras across the city. Bro, you're Target. Just be Target. Donate that money into into the community itself. You know? How much does the community benefit from those surveillance cameras as opposed to how much does law enforcement benefit to implement their already very evident discriminatory ways? So... So then when they get looted, right? Obviously, like, hey... Looting isn't, like, I guess a great thing to do, you know? But that's not going to take up my energy of being mad about when this, this other stuff's going on, you know? Obviously, if, like, small businesses getting, like, tore up during riots and, like, other personal people's personal property that are not involved, I don't think is a good idea or good. But it's hard for me to feel sad for Target when this shit's going on. And then that's... If you've seen that lady on the wheelchair running around trying to stab people, goddamn, turning into a, a vigilante superhero. Like, what are you doing? And first... And apparently she was trying to steal too. So what are you doing trying to stab people for? If anything, get them to wheel you around to steal some more shit. You're doing the shit wrong. This stupid idiot. But... I guess, I guess I have a lot more to say on that, but I talked a lot about it, and I don't want to bring you guys down. But but this is important. So if you guys are feeling down about the situation, that's good because you guys need to take action and like voice your concerns about these situations and and support the people, man. Like you know that these things are wrong, and don't be trying to freaking devil devil's advocate your way out of being morally unjust and also like I know I understand it sounds like oh SJW or whatever which is fine like the warrior part of SJW is the funny part but we should all advocate for social justice I think seems like a very rational and humane way to think you know but I guess that's just me but yeah damn 44 minutes on that I just had to get that off my chest and maybe provide some information to some people who may not have known what's going on why and how it's going on so I have no other notes for what else I was going to talk about for this podcast um we talk about coronavirus um shit this motherfucker fucked up everything all of 2020 2020 came off to I can't even say came off to a bad start. This whole shit's fucking bad. But, huh. There's a lot of stress, man. Like, quarantine. So we've been quarantined for two months, probably a little bit more than that. Can't even remember properly. But, um, 
this shit's kind of like I didn't like it. Everyone always says unprecedented. Well, like no shit. Like, how do you expect something like this to happen? It's never really happened before in our modern era, right? Who knows what the hell was going on? The Spanish flu was running around causing havoc back in the 1900s. But right now, bro, at least we have the internet. That's, oh, fuck. If we didn't have the internet, this shit would be so even more fucked. But, because, like, some, we're able to get updates quickly. We're able to entertain ourselves um communicate with each other virtually some people have the blessing of being able to work remotely and still make an income but bro when this first started like when it first started started when they were like oh coronavirus six cases in illinois you know i wasn't worried at all i was like yo this is like some ebola shit where like three people got it in the whole goddamn country and we're just tweaking Right, but then like that shit started spreading like a wildfire, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" Because in the beginning, it felt like such an like it would be like if you're living in the city of Chicago with like three plus million people, and there's only six people who got it. You're like, "Why would you be worried?" Like that is an infinitesimal percent chance that you're gonna get it, you know. And in the beginning, I was almost like, "Yo, it's almost like a rush." You know, because it's not like you may immediately die from having it. But I was like, yo, what if I get it? What if I get it? But then it got serious and I was like, yo, I fucking don't want that shit. Mostly because I don't want it to pass it along to my family. You know? But then when this first started happening, right? Um, I got I got some in the jury duty. And I was like, yo, they better cancel this shit. And they didn't. They started like, okay, we're going to cancel on a, the Tuesday. I forgot, March something. And my shit was on Monday. And I was like, yo, why would you even have the Monday one even happen? Like, I don't need to be here. But then I had to because I'm not trying to freaking, excuse me, have a freaking warrant for my arrest because of goddamn jury duty. And then, uh, so, I'm on this, I'm, I'm on the blue line already. This shit, germ city, Germania. Geronimo. That, that was fucked. That was dumb. But anyways. The fuck? I told you mosquitoes. Anyways, so I'm on this blue line. Already more disgusted than I usually am being on the blue line train to downtown. And then I get to the, the building or, yeah, the building. And I'm like, ain't nobody taking no fucking precautions up in this bitch. Right? Like, I'm putting, like, I'm going past metal detectors and putting my fucking shit in the same bucket that everyone else putting their goddamn shit in. Their fucking corona keys. And just intermingling with mine. You know? Ain't no types of hand sanitizer nowhere. Um, and granted, this was the beginning of this whole, like, craziness. So, like, but, like, still. Like, we shouldn't even be here. Because this is, like, when people are like, oh, this, this impending lockdown is about to happen. So, like, get ready so i'm like if you have that enough sense you should know that maybe don't gather all these people in the same place but anyways i get through right and i'm trying to find a place to sit that's not all up in other people's shit and then there's no real like seats and so i find a seat somewhere and i'm like okay i'm chilling at this table right and then this guy this idiot he comes in right with a mask on. And I'm like, okay, at least this guy has some sense. I didn't have a mask on either, so I can't really say shit. But this is the beginning. But he had a mask on, so I'm like, all right, this guy has... But then I got scared. I'm like, what if he has it? And that's why he has a mask on. So then I like my anxiety went up. But then he sits across from me, like kind of diagonal on this table. And then his dumbass puts his whole goddamn jacket across the table. And I'm like, yo. And it's like all over like near me and shit. So I'm like, okay, two things, right? You could, you could, if you got that, if you got that Rona's, right? You're alley, you passing that shit to me by just throwing that shit in my face, kind of almost, right? And then another thing is if you give a shit about the Rona's and you got a mask on, don't be throwing your jacket all over the table, dumbass. Oh, man. And then 
somebody there was all there was a Karen there who was like, "When is this gonna be over?" or like, "How long is this gonna take?" Right? And then she asking this guy questions, and this guy fucking Mr. Smartass over here pulls his mask down and is like, "Oh, I don't know. I think I, I was here before, and like, it could take all day." And I'm like, okay, Mr. Fricking Encyclopedia, how about you say that shit with your mask on because it defeats the purpose of you wearing it, dumbass. All up in my shit, too. And I'm like, okay, do I cause a scene? I don't want to be another person causing scenes, you know, up in this place. Well, there's like freaking courthouses to the left of me. And, okay, and then they have us sitting there for like two hours, right? I'm sitting there for like two hours, right? Waiting to be called for jury duty. And I've done it before, but I got out of it. I I, shim, I, I weasel my way out of that shit because um, of school. But now I don't have school, so I didn't even know what I could say possibly to get out of this. But we were there for like two hours, and I was getting mad hungry, you know? But then I'm like, yo, I can't leave because then if they call me, right, I got to be here. They call my number. So this is where Nadir makes his 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 dumb decisions. Um. <laughs> I decide, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I go <laughs> I go to the vending machine, right? Oh, get this, right? I go to the vending machine, and I'm like, yo, let me at least get some, like, fucking Snickers up in this bitch. That could hold me down for a while, you know? I put my quarters in. Some of the quarters, I feel like, it's only counting, like, every other quarter that I used. So four quarters ended up only being 50 cents. I was like, what the fuck? The other one was just like falling out the side in the middle of the thing. But I can't get them back. And so now I'm pissed, right? And now I ran out of quarters, so I couldn't even get the full price of what I wanted. You know, even if it was double. And I couldn't, I was pressing the button to at least get the quarters that went through back. And I didn't even get those back. So I almost wasted almost fucking like a dollar seventy-five. In quarters for nothing. And I look like a big doofus in front of all those people sitting watching me making do 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 ding 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 by like the quarters falling through the thing. And I go back empty handed, looking like a freaking idiot. Hungry idiot. In the middle of a pandemic, I shouldn't even been touching the goddamn fucking the things, the buttons. But I risked my life for some peanut MMs. To a no avail. And then I'm like, damn. And so I'm hungry as fuck. I got this dude with his jacket pulling his mask down every five seconds to talk to people in front of me. Nowhere else to sit because everyone else is even in closer proximity. And then I'm watching these 1980s um, tutorial videos on how to do jury duty. Right? And I'm like, bro. And... And I, bring, I didn't bring my laptop either. Big idiot. I was on my phone though, so I was okay. But I'm like, if this... I think I had my charger, so I was like, okay. But then, I was like, yo, I gotta eat some shit. <gasps> Excuse me. So I told the lady, I was like, yo. The lady at the front desk of this jury place. I'm like, yo, that shit's fucked up. Is there anywhere else I can get food? Because I'm not going to try to like get someone in here to break that shit open for $1.75. Right? We ballin' boys. It's easy monies, even though it kind of hurt me inside. Can't lie. And she's like, oh, there's another vending machine to the right. I'm like, okay, that shit better not fuck my shit up, though. Or I'm coming for you, lady. So I go, and now this vending machine is some, like, legit shit. Like, from from an outsider's perspective, as opposed to the other one. Because it had, it had a whole ass sandwiches in there, you know? But then I was like, yo, what kind of person eats a vending machine sandwich? But then I was like... I'm the kind of person who eats a vending machine sandwich. So I was like, all right. <laughs> so then I, I, that one had a card reader. So I was like, okay, I can at least use that. The other one didn't. That was like some old school ass vending machine. So I'm like, damn, I'm about to pay like two something for a vending machine, like chicken sandwich. Or I forgot it was chicken or turkey. It could have been a, that shit just had bird sandwich. <laughs> it didn't even specify. I was like, this shit had got a bird in it. Figure it out. And so I bought it, and then I, I was eating it, right? And I was like, uh, at least, at the very least, this is sustenance, you know? 
and then I could I could feel like the judgment of other people in the vicinity. Like, damn, this motherfucker eating a fucking bird sandwich from a vending machine. Who God knows how long it was in there. Is this guy mentally fit to be on jury? This this is almost like a test. They'd be like, anybody who goes gets a fucking bird sandwich from that bitch. They're not. They're psychologically incompatible to be on jury duty because they can't make rational decisions. <laughs> they fuck kick my ass out like, oh, we got a bird. We got a bird. <laughs> but I ate that shit. Um, and then immediately after, right, I eat this. I'm like, damn, why I eat that? But I was so hungry. I'm like, damn, I'll do it again. <laughs> uh, and I've eaten a Subway. Uh, not Subway. Um, well, I have eaten Subway. But I've eaten... Like sandwiches from gas stations before that did not do me well on road trips. But if anyone knows me, I don't learn from my mistakes. Um, so, and so immediately after I eat the sandwich, right, they make an announcement like, hey, like, we're not going to call anybody today. Y'all can go home. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? I could have ate. I could have had a McChicken. I could have had a sandwich with a bird that I recognize. And I and I if I had just waited like not even five more minutes, I would have I would have been safe. But who knows? Me eating that sandwich could have made me immune to Corona. It could have fucked up my system so bad that it made antibodies for everything. I probably got the Avengers of antibodies in my shit. Cause I almost Thanos snapped the fuck out of them with that bird sandwich. <laughs> but um, and then so like, it was like that anxiety of coming back home on the train. It's like damn, but it's okay. Then I ate a real food when I got home. I'm like damn, this is what real food is actually supposed to taste like. Um, but who would have thought that that would have been the start of this whole um. Freaking fiasco that we got going on right now. I mean, part of me gets like, I have really kind of like bad days from this quarantine. But then another part of me is like, hey man, you gotta count your blessings because a lot of people, they're dealing with some tough shit. Like losing their jobs or being in abusive households, you know, stuck with persons that they can't really escape. Um... People who actually people got sick. I know, I know a couple. I know a few people who have gotten sick, and some barely have had symptoms, and then others are like checked out for more than like two weeks. You know, but Alhamdulillah, and Inshallah, I don't. Oh, what the fuck is that? That's a centipede. Damn, should I record it and post it on the page? Oh, damn. Who knows what the fuck's in this garage? Honestly. Looking around, I'm wearing this. I'm going. I'm, I'm commando wearing these shorts right now. I hope she doesn't go up my booty crack. But um, and I'm sitting on the floor. This is these are this is an insight of the smart decisions that I make. I'm letting you guys know. Um, but but yeah, I hope everyone's safe out there. Um, it looks like shit's opening up, and honestly, like. It's been a long time we've been in lockdown and I feel like we should have a downward trajectory trajectory of the curve. People not need, people need to not be idiots and be just like all up in each other's faces. Like I feel like a bar is unnecessary. Right? For people just be all up in each other's shit and just breathing each other's mouths and shit. But businesses do need to open up. People are um People's livelihoods are at stake in both regards. So I understand both arguments in terms of opening up and still remaining shut down. But you need to do it in a, in a, in a fashion that makes the most sense. And so I'm kind of reserving judgment on the situations and it should be like state-by-state state basis. But hopefully like stuff starts getting rectified soon and 
people are able to go back to a new, better normal, you know? And I'm trying to have fun this summer, the fuck? Trying to do some shit. And maybe not even involve, like, so many other people, but I'm trying to do some adventurous shit, like going to lakes and hikings and camping and stuff. Might try to do that in... I think I'm going to do that in Michigan this year. With my boy, Big Mac. This These mics are coming with. We're going to have some podcasts for you when we're up. When I, when I get up to Michigan, me, Maksud, and Yusuf, and Asfun might come too. Goddamn Avengers Assemble. <laughs> but, um... What else should I talk about? It's been an hour. Y'all, y'all, you guys probably checked out halfway through my essay. Honestly. Yo, 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 yo. Kim Jong-un. That was another thing I wanted to talk about. Bro, this dude's a psychopath. This dude... This dude pulled off the biggest... Uh, what is it called? Social experiment pranks. He should have YouTube that shit. He pretended he fucking got, died... Just to weed out the snakes and his crew. That's crazy, man. He did. He 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 successfully pulled off what could have been like a Tupac conspiracy and made it real life. Like there could have been like when he died, there's people like, oh, he's out, he's up in Cuba hiding. You know, people are like, oh, you're dumb. You know, I'm talking about Kim Jong-un. And then his ass just pops up out of nowhere like a goddamn gopher on Groundhog's Day. He saw he saw his, he he saw his shadow, and six people of his parliament got died. <laughs> Man, that was, that was crazy. What else? What else is going on? All kinds of fucked up shit. Murder hornets. That shit came and went in like a week. People forgot about that. I think they died from corona. Where were they even at? People are saying like it's. Was it in, like, one city or, like, a bunch of cities? I don't know. But if I saw some shit like that, bro, I'm out that bitch. But I'm still scared of moths more, probably. I hate moths. Stupid bitches. And butterflies are just moths with makeup, all right? They can't fool me. That's only because of that SpongeBob episode where the moth or the, the butterfly got really close to the screen and goes, bzz, 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 bzz. bro, that scarred me, legit. Like, I'm not even joking with you right now. That's why I don't like butterflies or moths. Fuck them. But, um, but yeah. I'm pretty sure there's other stuff for me to talk about. Honestly, I could just reserve that for another podcast because ultimately this one, I think the main, the main purpose of this podcast for, was for me to get that police brutality stuff off of my chest and just throw a little corona at the end. But, I'll keep you guys updated on that. Everybody stay safe. Um, I'm gonna come up with an I'm gonna come out with another episode soon with a special guest. I'm gonna zoom that shit. But yeah, more episodes soon. All right. I got I can eat during the day and I can swear. I was swearing during Ramadan anyways, but still. And it's warm outside, so I can record these in my garage in peace without people yelling in my house. So more episodes soon to come. All right, peace, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Deuces. Hey, yo, 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 I'm going to add some new stuff that I just witnessed and I, um, after I finished recording, but I'm going to add to the end of this podcast as a kind of, um, maybe, I don't know what it's called, appendix, edition, I don't know, whatever the hell, but it's important. Um, so... There's an update that it has been revealed that Officer Jacob Peterson of the St. Paul Police Department in Minnesota was the culprit responsible for kickstarting the riot in South Minneapolis. He was captured on camera and identified by his ex-wife. And there's evidence of this is the guy who freaking mosquitoes um, who started the fires. And so if you go online and you look that up, um, the Jacob Peterson situation, then you'll know that there's more shady business with these police departments in order to even make people look bad. And obviously, no one's putting people at gunpoint to go steal, but if you set things in motion to go the, the way that they are to make things look bad, then there's even more shady business going on. So all I'm saying is that consider the causality 
of some of the stuff that's going on and why it's going on. And keep that in mind and don't go straight for the argument necessarily of like, oh, well, what is this doing to help um, George Floyd's case? And maybe nothing directly, you know, but also it's making noise and these companies have their stuff insured. The, the Target has their product and inventory insured, you know, but people don't got their life insured in the way that if you die, you die, you know, they can't take that back. Target will be okay. Greg or George Floyd's family won't be. So in this immediate future. <laughs> so one more thing to consider and even more evidence of shady business in the police force, you know, and hopefully one day in the future, like I see no logical explanation for like abolishing all police because then you'll get situations like what had happened with Ahmad Arbery, where people take shit into their own hands, and that's not right either, right? I believe. So, hopefully there's a way that things like the Leo Bar and the Fraternal Order Police get abolished and things start changing from the inside out. But it is not, honestly believe, it is less our job to fix this as communities and citizens. It is the job and responsibility of the perpetrators and the police force and they shouldn't be asking us to make changes. They should be making the changes for the future. So just wanted to add that real quick. And uh, who knows, stuff like this might happen in the future. And I'm not opposed, as you can see, to talking about it. So hopefully I won't have to. I don't want to, I don't like talking about stuff like that. But I want people to be informed and people to know what's going on. So yeah, again, stay safe, stay healthy, and see you again next time. That's two sign-offs in one episode. Damn. Oh, and also, one more thing. If you think, if you're one of those people who are like, oh, why can't people just peacefully protest, you know, without causing a problem? Well, Ka Kaepernick tried to do the exact same thing, and everybody was on his ass about that, knowing goddamn well it had nothing to do with the military or anything, because the flag has nothing to do directly with the military, and you know that, right? So I just wanted to add that real quick, and that's a conversation I can have for another time, but try me. All right, deuces, three times, bye.